Hello brothers and sisters, I'm glad to be with you once again for a brand new uh, week of teaching. Uh, this week, we're going to talk about change agents. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, the young men and the young women that are listening to me, they are change agents. Lord, you have sent them, Lord, and sent me, Lord, into the earth to be agents of change. And Father, I ask that you bring revelation, Lord, and bring wisdom, Lord, and understanding that all of us, Lord, can walk into your will for this earth and for our life. For, Lord, I acknowledge that it is you who is at work within us, both to will and to do of your good pleasure. So work today, Father, through my voice. Work today, Lord Jesus, in the spirit of my brothers and sisters and cause understanding and revelation to explode within us, Father, that we may bring heaven to earth in the name of the Lord Jesus. How many remember the Lord's prayer when it says, let thy kingdom come, let thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, did you think that um, the Lord Jesus instructed them to pray that as a ritual as we do today we just pray it as a ritual and um and that's a good thing but when you become an adult you know uh, or become mature you don't have to be an adult but when you mature you should meditate on why are you saying that let thy kingdom come let thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven well the earth is the lord's and the fullness thereof but he gave the earth to the children of men and I think that's in Psalms 115 I'll find and minister on it later on in the week but God put us down here in the midst of a cricket world in the midst of Satan and his evil angels to bring light and to dominate it's really it's like a war you know the Old Testament was parables and types God was sending the children of Israel to dispossess the other people because they was worshiping idols, practicing um, immorality and certain things they were doing. And God will send them to war when they were actually inferior uh, physically, but he was sending them in, in, into war to whoop giants, to whoop people that was bigger and stronger than him so that he could get the glory. He he would do it supernaturally. That's why he used a little fella like David. Because, see, if David was a big old guy, you could say, well, I see why he won. He's a big guy, but David was a small fella. He couldn't even fit Saul's armor. So that you would know that it's not by power nor by might, but by the Spirit of God. One place, Gideon, he told him, you have too many soldiers. He sent 300 men to, to, to whoop, I, I don't know how many, I would say at least 300,000. It could have been more than that. I got to go back and refresh my memory on it. But he, he won that war with only 300. Why? Because he said if it's too many, then you're going to think you did it. Now, God has put his spirit in us. He told the disciples and us that he would be with us. He was with them but even in you. You have the spirit of Jesus Christ on the inside of you. And the spirit of Jesus Christ is called the Holy Spirit and it is on the inside of you. 
When you confess Jesus as Lord, you receive the down payment as that spirit, of that spirit. But when you ask him to fill you with the Holy Spirit, he didn't give you a stone. He didn't give you a serpent. He filled you with the Holy Spirit. Now, let's go to Luke 19 and at verse 11. And it says, and as they heard these things, he added and spake a parable because he was nigh to Jerusalem. And because they thought that the kingdom of God should immediately appear. And he, he said, therefore, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. Now, you know, Jesus is speaking parables, but I have the ability to understand his parables. You also. The nobleman he's talking about is Jesus. He, he, he went into a far country which is here, heaven is a long way from here, to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. Now watch what he did. And he called his ten servants and delivered them ten pounds and said unto them, Occupy till I come. Now this is, this is translated by King James who was in England. Anybody who lives in the UK know pounds is the same as dollars. So this particular nobleman who is parable, parable to the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is God in the flesh. And we're not even servants. Here he gave it to servants. The Old Testament was servants. We are sons and daughters of God. We're sons of God. Literally. Spiritually. Sons of God. In your spirit. In the natural you're a son of whoever your parents but spiritually you're sons of God. Men and women are sons of God. Now, anyway, he gave us something, right? He gave these 10 servants, he gave them some pounds, some money. He gave them money, he gave them 10 pounds. And he said unto them, occupy till I come. Now, I'm saying this because God has put his spirit within us. He has put the written word within us. And he is saying to us to occupy till he come. Now, let me take a segue I, I live in Mobile, Alabama. I know some people hear this uh, uh, in different parts of the country and world. Mobile, Alabama, United States of America. And right now in my city, it's a lot of youth violence. And I'm not afraid to tell the truth. It's particularly in the black youth. And I am black. So I can say this and not be accused of being a racist. And I want to say this. We see the problem, but we ignored it. Some they ignored it. And my, and my white brethren are a different race because they don't want to be called a racist. Some of you black people, uh, my race of people are ignoring it. And I'm not, I'm, I'm not into racism or disseminating people, uh, uh, separating people by race. But what I'm saying is, it is a problem that don't need to be ignored. Now, God told us to occupy till he come. Now, part of the problem is Satan has infiltrated marriages. And this is with all races. The rate of divorce in, in churches and outside of churches are extremely high, which are forcing these young men and young women to grow up in single-parent homes. A lot of people are not born again also. So the first they're growing up in, in single-parent homes and they're not hearing or receiving the word of God. 
this the thing. What are we going to do about it? Are we going to sit there and let it happen? Or are we going to all of us take authority over our area of city? Now, if you want to know where you have authority, you can start off this a, this a basic guideline. It could be more than this. Wherever you live, you have spiritual authority in a three-mile radius. Radius mean a circle. So three a, a circle from where you live, three miles, you can dominate that particular region. This is what I need to happen. I hope we have different people listening to me in different parts of the city. Now, this is how you should occupy in this particular administration. And there's several different administrations I'm going to get to later. You say, in the name of Jesus Christ, in my area of the city, in this region, the South Alabama region, the Hillsdale region, the Mobile Terrace region, the Greenway region, that's where I live. I take authority over the spirit of divorce. I bind it in the name of Jesus Christ. I take authority over the spirit of youth violence. I bind it in the name of the Lord Jesus. I take authority over the spirits of hatred, over the spirits of rage, over the spirits of murder and violence. I bind it in the name of the Lord Jesus and I drive it out of the teenagers in this region and I drive it out of the homes in this region. And Father, I ask, Lord, that you send angels over this region and that, Lord, you give the people ears to hear the word, that you'll send laborers, that you'll minister to the people in the night watches, Lord, in my region where I live, that you'll cause them to hear your voice, that you'll cause them to hear your word, Lord, and that you cause the spirit of love to be released upon every home in my region, that you set the, the, the people in, in my area of the city on fire for the Lord Jesus Christ. That, that I drive the spirit of racism and separation out of the mayor's office, out of the city council. And I decree unity in one mobile and programs to be able to help the youth in the name of the Lord Jesus. We need everybody to occupy and pray that away. I'm out of time. Be blessed. Hello, brothers and sisters. The date is uh, February the, the 22nd, 2022. 022222. And I'm very happy to be with you today. And Father, in the name of Yeshua, in the name of the Lord Jesus, I thank you for the change agents that are listening to me today. And Father, we pray, Lord, for our government, Father. And we pray that righteousness, Lord, will be released, Lord, in Washington, D.C., in every office, in the Senate, the, in the executive branch, the Senate, Lord, and the, the judges. Lord, we declare righteousness. We declare righteousness over the state of Alabama, in the governor's office, in the Senate, Lord, the executive branch, and the judicial branch. Let righteousness come, Father. And Lord, in my city, Mobile, Alabama, I bless the mayor's office and the city council. And every influence of ungodliness and unrighteousness, Lord, I ask that you shut the influence up, close the mouth of the, of the demonic influence, and let unity and righteousness, Lord, and love be released in the mayor's office and the city council. I decree that, Father, and even where I live, in the region where I live, Lord. Lord, let a portal of righteousness be open, Lord. Let righteousness, Lord, fall upon our youth. But start with the parents, Lord. I bless the marriages, and I decree what God joined together, let not man put asunder. And, Lord, I release, Lord, an opening of the wounds in this season, that even this year, that it will be sons come forth, Lord, with the spirit of glory upon them, Lord, that they'll get pregnant in this season and have sons, Lord, and daughters, Lord Jesus, that'll bring forth the glory of God, Father. I bless the wombs of those that are hearing my voice, that are able to have children, that are of that age. 
I bless your wounds and I bless the seeds of your husband and the wombs of, of the ladies. I bless you and I bless your seeds and I release the prophetic anointing upon your seeds that there'll be change agents, world changes in the name of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's go to 1 Kings, the 17th chapter and at the first verse. And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying now um elijah spoke a word i believe and i have discerned this by scripture out of his own heart and interpretation of scripture now this is what the holy spirit gave me in 2 Chronicles, the 6th chapter, and the 26th verse, it says, this was, this was a prayer by Solomon. Solomon had just built the temple, right? And when Solomon built the temple, he prayed a prayer. And a part of his prayer is in 2 Chronicles 6 and 26. You know, I can read the whole prayer, but I want to read this part. It says, when the heaven is shut up and there is no rain because they have sinned against thee, yet if they pray toward this place and confess thy name and turn from their sin when thou doest afflict them, then hear thou from heaven and forgive the sin of thy servants and of thy people, Israel, when thou hast taught them the good way wherein they should walk and send rain upon thy land, which thou hast given unto thy people for an inheritance. Now, by Elijah being a prophet, prophets normally pay attention to governmental affairs. They're nation-minded. They're kingdom-minded. They're trying to occupy until the Lord comes. They're trying to usher in righteousness by words. A prophet, and not just prophets, people in general, Christians. We are ambassadors of Christ. An ambassador is a representative in a foreign country. In the fifth chapter of 2 Corinthians, God has called us ambassadors of Christ. Now, Elijah is operating under the ambassador's anointing, and he know that the land had got in sin because they had that wicked Ahab and Jezebel as king and queen. He knowing by discernment that the rain needs to be closed up according to the word of the Lord. See, because Solomon is letting you know that heaven will be shut up and there is no rain, <clears throat> pardon me, if the people get into iniquity. 
But the way God does things, he don't do anything unless he first reveal it to his servants a prophet. So you might not believe this. God influenced that prophet. Now, I didn't hear him say, thus said the Lord. But it was in his heart. He hated evil. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride, arrogancy, the evil way and the fraud mouth. These things do I hate. That's in the book of Proverbs. Him hating evil, knew, he knew that if I close these heavens up and I'm praying according to Scripture. Now, see, you can pray according to Scripture in the negative or the positive. Elijah, on this point, he was praying according to the Scriptures in the negative. Now, I don't like to do that that often. But I, I hardly ever do it. But in this particular case, Elijah was praying the word of God in the negative. Now, the reason I'm explaining all this, because I'm trying to show you, you don't necessarily need a prophetic word to speak prophetic decrees. You are agents of change. You don't have to have thus said the Lord. You can have thus said the scriptures. So Elijah knew by scriptures that when wickedness come, that the heavens need to be closed. And so he said, it won't rain according to my words. Now let me prove it to you, Father. In James, the fifth chapter, and at the 17th verse, it said, Elias. Now the New Testament is translated from the Greek, the Old Testament from the Hebrew. So it's Elijah in the Old Testament, but it's Elias in the New Testament. So verse 17, James 5 and 17, it said, Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are. What do you mean by like passion? He can get aroused. He can want a wife. He can want food. He, he had, he's a man. Sometimes people put these prophets and different people on pedestals. You should respect the prophet because their words have, have weight. But you know you should respect everybody. So it's telling you that he's a he's a man of like passions as we are. He's no different than you. Why why is James saying that? He want to let you know you got the same authority. You are an ambassador. You are an agent of change, just like Elijah was. You are kings and priests. That's what God desired, and that's what He's did under this new covenant. The old covenant was servants. The new covenant is our sons. He's waiting on the manifestation of the sons of God to put the prophetic decrees, either written or rhema, in your mouth that you may occupy till he come. Now, Elijah Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. Now, praying earnestly ain't necessarily the mean he had to um, have a prophetic word because God can prophesy one time and it is what it is. This let me know that Elijah was controlling the situation by his daily intercession. We can control the situation with these teenagers by our daily intercession. We can control city government, state government, national government. You need to find the will of the Lord because you can pray contrary to God's will and it can control it too. You know, Elijah, one time he called on fire from heaven. But when the disciples got ready to do it, he told them they knew not what spirit they were. were. Why? Because you still have the authority whether you're in the right spirit or the wrong spirit because the power of death and life is in the tongue. But he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. Then he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth a fruit. 
Brothers and sisters, you had this authority in your tongue. You're a change agent. I got a lot to say, but I'm out of time. Be blessed. Hello, brothers and sisters. I'm glad to talk to you change agents once again, for God has anointed you to make a difference in your family, to make a difference in your neighborhood, to make a difference in your city, to make a difference in your state, to make a difference in your country. And I want to ex exhort you today, brothers and sisters, don't live your whole life, die, go to heaven, and you can't feel good about you prayed for something and it happened. Do you understand what I mean? I don't care if you got the dry, the, 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 uh, the crack house around the corner away from your neighborhood. I want you to say, my prayers made a difference here. Whether it's that, whether you took one person and prayed for them to get born again on a daily basis that God had dealt their heart and, and saw them born again. Don't leave this earth without you being instrumental in changing either a neighborhood or a person or a, a government or a school. What, wherever you're influential, wherever you have influence. If you're not a type of person that like to talk and, and, and uh, you know, it, it, exhort your authority, do it in, in prayer. Some people are introverted. But you, you can take satisfaction that I pray for this. And you can watch it come to pass. And, and Lord, I thank you that, that you are at work within me. You know, he is at work within you. You know, you was born according to his pleasure. You was created for his pleasure. But you was born according to the good pleasure of his will. You are God's will. Jesus died so that you could be born again. And then he decided to get in your body so that he could express his personality, his attributes, his lordship through you, his kingdom through you. He want to use you mightily. He wants you to, like, look, I minister to the sick. But you know, before I started doing it, I had never done it. My boy Tarvis had told me, he said, when his hand, God gave him a gift where he could see through his eyes, his hand looked like a brand new hand. And God gave him a vision of that. And then his eyes, when he see his hand, is a brand new hand. And when he prayed for the sick, he see the brand new hand on the sick as a um, sign to him that the spirit of God is working through his hand. Now, I don't have a visual like that. But I asked the Lord years ago that he could come in my hand. He did it. And so, you know, but you don't need a physical manifestation. Me and him had this conversation before. You don't, I don't need to feel, he, he don't need to see a new hand. You just need to know that the word says you should lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. When you lay hands, they don't have to feel anything. They need to know that the word says they shall recover. What I'm trying to do is have people believe the word, not always believe in what you feel or see. The disciples could only believe what they could feel and see. When Jesus told them that he was going to die and be raised up again the third day, they didn't understand that. The Bible said they didn't. But they understood raising the dead. They understood multiplying the fish and the load. Why? Because they saw it. They understood casting out devils because they saw it. So they could do what they saw. 
we got to do what we read and hear. Faith coming by hearing, hearing the word of God. Now, you can have faith if you around people. You see them ministering to the sick and they recovering. You see them speaking in tongues. You know, my kids believe in speaking in tongues because they heard me speak in it. But what if they raised up in a house where they never heard speaking in tongues? I got friends right now like that. And when I talk about it, I can tell the bewilderment on their face. They're nervous about it. Why? Because they hadn't been, they hadn't grown up around it. They went to churches where they didn't do it. So if you didn't grow up around it and you went to churches that do it, you and you've been told by the minister that, well, be careful. So you're gonna automatically have some apprehension about that. Now, if it's in the word, see the word is right, and whatever we were taught was wrong. How many understand that? So the word of God teaches that we have authority, that we are ambassadors of Christ. All of you have authority, but you know why we have all this youth violence in the city? Because we have not exercised our authority. I work at the post office. I'm a mail carrier. You know, they were shooting on Brill Road. A lot of you saw that. Do you know I'm guilty of not exercising my authority? I, I thought about it one day. I was like, man, one day they was having a shootout. I had to get on the ground. And they hit me one day, man, why you allow this? You used not allow that. You didn't allow it in Driftwood years ago. Why are you allowing this? So I started, I, well, I hate to give away this kind of information. You know, I, I don't hate it, but, I, you know, you don't want to let the devil know everything you're doing. But anyway, I started taking authority over those demons, and I've been seeing a clearing out. And I was talking to my coworkers. It was, it was on the news, a shooting on Cheshire. That mail come out of my station. And I said, as a passing coming, I know they weren't listening. And they said, it's bad over there. I said, I said, yeah, we're not praying. Brothers and sisters, things are the way they are because we're not praying about it on a daily basis. That's why it's like that. It's that simple. I'm giving you a simple answer. You don't need a great revelation. You don't need to have no form at the Civic Center and have all the leading black leaders come in from all over the world and and the PhD, I'm telling you why it's happening, because people are not praying against it. People are not born again. And they get born again through prayer. I got born again by somebody praying for me. So now I got to pray for others to get others born again. Let's go back to Luke, <clears throat> the 19th chapter. And let's start at the 12th verse. It says, and, he's, and he said, therefore... A certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. And he called his ten servants and delivered them ten pounds and said unto them, Occupy till I come. But his citizens hated him and sent a message after him, saying, We will not have this man to reign over us. They talk, that's Jesus. They don't want Jesus to reign over them. And it came to pass that when he was returned, having received the kingdom, then he commanded these servants to be called unto him to whom he had given the money, that he might know how much every man had gained by trading. Now, how many know when you hear the stock market, it's a trading? Now, in, in, in Matthew, I told somebody this recently, that the Bible say that you should put your money in the stock market. You should invest money. And I told him it was in the Bible. You know, I told somebody recently this. A few people, my uncle, different ones. 
Well, in the 25th chapter of Matthew, hallelujah, and down at verse 27, well, verse 26, it said, His Lord answered and said unto them, him, Matthew 25 and 26, Thou wicked and slow for servant, thou knewest that I reap where I sowed not, and gather where I have not straw. Thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to the exchangers, and then at my coming I should have received mine own with usury. The word usury means interest. So, God is actually using money right here, and, he, and this means literally. I wasn't necessarily talking about money, but he means literally. You should have your money invested. You should have your money invested. Now, uh, 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 a man, uh, a friend of mine years ago, he said he had saved like $30,000. And he said when his money got at $30,000, that it was having trouble growing anymore. And he said he prayed to ask the Lord why. He said, the Lord said, I want you to uh, spend some of it. So he said he got a driveway poured, bought a shed, spent some of it. He said then it started multiplying again and it got up above 30 and kept on multiplying. Other words, you have to do something with what God gives you. That both with money and with spiritual things. See, you have to do something with it. You should, if you're young enough and you got school age children, grandchildren, you should send your school age children to a private Christian school. You should. So you don't have to worry about all that bullying and all that teaching man came from monkeys. You should do that. If you're a grandparent, you got $200,000, you should spend that money sending your grandchildren to private school. You should spend that money. You should occupy. Don't leave it to some riffraff child of yours so they can squander it on dope. Use that money to, to, to raise a generation in the ways that they should go. Give to a missionary in Africa. Help them uh, preach the gospel. Occupy, brothers and sisters. You are change agents. Be blessed. Hello, brothers and sisters. You are change agents. You are blessed and highly favored. You are more than conquerors. God is at work within you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. His spirit is, is trying to wake up on the inside of you. Brothers and sisters, I speak to your spirit. And I say, come alive in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Brothers and sisters, I'm, I'm going to tell you the key to this thing. One place it says in Psalms, it says, enter into his courts with thanksgiving and praise. It talks about a sacrifice of, of praise, a sacrifice of thanksgiving. And it says, enter into his courts with thanksgiving and praise. So this is what I do before I pray. I start saying, Lord, I just thank you. Lord, I thank you for all you've done. Lord, I thank you, Lord Jesus, for, for, for healing my body. I thank you for saving me and redeeming my life from destruction. And I say I am the redeemed of the Lord. For this reading, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And Lord, I thank you for my wife. I thank you for my children. I thank you for my job. I thank you for my church family. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for them praying for me. I thank you for the things they've done for me. Lord, I thank you, Lord. I thank you for my vehicles. I thank you for my children, everything you've done. Thank you, Lord. 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 Hallelujah. I just give, give thanks and praise. I thank you. I praise you. I glorify you. I honor you. Lord, I bow to you. Lord Jesus, and I reverence you, Lord. And I praise you. I lay at your feet, Lord. And I say thank you. 
And I say, I praise you, Lord Jesus. And I say, I glorify you, Lord Jesus. I just give praise and thanks. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Abraham was strong in faith, giving glory to you. And Lord Abraham's blessings are mine, and I give glory to you. I give glory to God. Glory to your holy name. Glory. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. Glory to the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to the Lamb of God. Glory to your holy name for your mercy and do it forever. Lord, I just thank you, Lord, and I just praise you, Lord. Lord, that my heart beat with the rhythm of life, that my arteries are clean and elastic. Glory, hallelujah, that all of my faculties are blessed. Glory, my hearing and my seeing are, are blessed. Glory, you just, and brothers and sisters, you just praise the Lord and you give thanks. So then you begin to enter into his presence. Glory. Now then you, you say, Lord, you have set me as an ambassador. And then you begin to declare over the over your neighborhood. I am an ambassador. I am your representative in my neighborhood. And Lord, you don't want crime in my neighborhood. You don't want divorce in my neighborhood. You don't want adultery in my neighborhood. Lord, you don't want wickedness in my neighborhood. Lord, you don't want these young men and, and young women, Lord, to be without influence from heaven without godly people in their lives. So, Lord Jesus, I come against all forms of witchcraft and sorcery that's going on in my neighborhood. I bind the powers of witchcraft. I bind the powers of sorcery. I bind every Illuminati prince that's operating on, over this region. And, Father, I call for the Spirit of God to come operate over this region, that angels are ex, are ex sin and descend all around this region where I live, Father, on every street, Lord. Touch someone in every house, Lord. Let your influence fall, Lord. Let the glory fall, Lord. I pray that you'll send laborers, Lord Jesus. Let it be an awakening, Lord, in my area of the city. And those are apostolic prophetic prayers. You need to pray that way. You pray like that over your wife, over your husband, over your children. I call my wife, Victoria, blessed and highly favored. I call Raven, Kristen, Brandon, Ezekiel, Zacharias, Elizabeth. You know, you call them out. You call them out and bless them and bless them and pray over them. They're far from oppression and fear cannot come not them. You call your family out. You call them out. You pray for them. You pray over your neighborhoods. You pray over your city. But you first enter into God's presence with thanksgiving and praise. You do that first. You give him honor first. You give him praise first. And then, after you've done all that, you begin to speak to the Spirit of God that's on the inside of you. You say, Lord, I know that you're there. You're on the inside of me. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for being in me. Holy Spirit, you are my leader. You are my guide. You are my advocate. You are my comforter. You are living in me, Lord Jesus. Holy Spirit, you are really Jesus on the inside of me. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, for being in me. I thank you, Holy Spirit whose name is Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for you said, Lord, in your word that you'll be with me and even in me. Christ is in me, the hope of glory. Your, your spirit is on the inside of me, and I acknowledge it. That power is on the inside of me. That greater is you, Lord Jesus. Greater is you, Holy Spirit, that's on the inside of me than he that is in the world. The powerhouse is on the inside of me. The glory of God is on the inside of me. The blessings of God. You have made me a blessing. God says he's going to make you a blessing. Abraham's blessings are mine, and I'll be a blessing. Lord, you've made me a blessing. 
So let increase come in my finances. Let increase come in my words, in, in the healing that's in my, my words, the healing that is in my body, that is in my hand. Glory, hallelujah. I remember one time I passed by a lady at McDonald's. I was delivering the mail. She said she had a headache. She said, when you pass by, my headache left. She didn't know I was a minister or nothing like that. She said, wow. She didn't understand why. See, when you begin to come into God's presence, it'll be just like it was with Peter. That when you pass that this, your shadow, that other words, the, the spirit of God that's hovering around you will begin to translate in the room. Will begin to translate to other people. That anointing, but that anointing comes on you through prayer. It comes on you through thanksgiving. And brothers and sisters, when it's get where it seems like it's stubborn, when it seems like it's strong holds that can't be broken, then you mix it with prayer. You say, you know what, Lord? Lord, I know, Lord Jesus, that we have the victory. So, Lord, this morning when I wake up, after you get, Lord, thanks and praise, <clears throat> you put that all on your head, say, I'm not going to eat till 12 o'clock. I'm not going to eat or drink till 12 o'clock. Glory. And we're going to see these strongholds broken. Glory, hallelujah, I'm not going to eat a drink to, to 12 o'clock, and we're going to see these strongholds broken. I'm not going to eat a drink to 2, or 3, or 6, or till tomorrow, or for 3 days, or whatever you led in your spirit, whatever you could do, do it, all unto the Lord, to break the burdens off yourself, off your children, off your wife, off your family members, off your co-workers. See, in Isaiah 58, it said, this is the fast that I have chosen, to undo the heavy, heavy burdens, and that you will see the oppressed go free. See, some things you, you're going to get done simply by prayer. Some things you're going to mix it with fasting. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter, and at the 17th verse. It says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God, who have reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and have given to us, the ministry of reconciliation. See, you are change agents. You are sent forth to reconcile people back to God. See, they was from God from Genesis 1 when he created spirits. And then he formed the body and breathed that spirit man into that body. So you was with God first. But when you came into this body, you came into contact with the serpent and you fell into sin. But that second Adam, the Lord Jesus Christ, he is a quickening spirit. The first Adam was a living soul, but the second Adam is a quickening spirit. And the word quickening means to make alive. And the spirit of God, that quickening spirit, Christ, he's on the inside of you to make you alive. And he has given to you the ministry of reconciliation. Verse 19, to wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them. God is not imputing your old sins unto you. He's not imputing new sins unto you. Glory, hallelujah. But he have committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. Say this. Say, I am an ambassador for Christ. Say it again until you believe it. I am an ambassador for Christ. Now, I don't think you're going to really believe it. Just saying it them two times. You need to say it tomorrow, the next day. Keep saying it through the weeks. I am an ambassador for Christ. That's who you are. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. For ye have made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that's Jesus, 
that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Now say this. Say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Say it again. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Those two confessions, you need to say it over and over the rest of the week, that you are an ambassador of Christ and that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So to become real on you and the power of God will become dynamic in your life. Be blessed. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Hello, brothers and sisters. We're talking about change agents. That's who you are. You are ambassadors of Christ. I want you to say this. Say, I am an ambassador of Jesus Christ. Say it one more time. I want you to say it like it's for real, because it is for real. Say, I am an ambassador of Jesus Christ. So an ambassador is a person that's really from another country that's in this country to represent it. You are an ambassador of Jesus Christ. That means your heavenly places is in heaven. Your, your home is really heaven. But you had to get in this body to dwell in this realm. You can't be in this same body to dwell in the heavenlies. That's why when men go into space, they have to wear a space suit. Because this earthly suit don't work in the heavenlies. So God had to send you through a woman, hallelujah, and then put his spirit in you so you can bring heaven to earth. How many understand that? When you got born again, you became an ambassador of Jesus Christ to bring heaven to earth. He don't do it independent of you. He runs up there and you run down here. Now, I'm going to show you about the scripture. He's running the show up there. You're running the show out down here. He wants you to occupy till he come. Father, I bless the hearers of these words. Cause them to be excited, Lord, and to know that they are ambassadors of Christ, that they are also the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Lord, let your words be stirred up in, in their spirit and cause the blessings, Lord, to overflow financially and spiritually, Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus. You know, God will disallow what you disallow, and he'll allow what you allow. Hallelujah. One place it talks about how Moses allowed them to do a certain thing that Jesus didn't really think they should do, but Moses allowed it. See, God will allow what you allow, and he will disallow what you disallow. Now, let's go to Psalms uh, 115, and at verse 16, it says, The heaven, even the heavens, are the Lord's, but the earth hath he given to the children of men. Let me read that again. The heaven, even the heavens, are the Lord's. But the earth hath he given to the children of men. Other words, that means he has told you to handle his business in the earth realm. You are in charge of handling God's business in the earth realm. I remember... Um, few years, years back, it might have been 2016, they had some tornadoes come on Christmas. I normally don't even go anywhere. And this particular Christmas, I was at one of my aunt's house when the tornadoes came through and tore up all that neighborhood. And it was, it, it was a Christmas party. It was about 20 or 30 of us over there. And they was like, get in the bathroom, a tornado coming. And, you know, either I got faith or I'm not wrapped too tight. 
I said, I'm not going in the bathroom. They shook their head and said, something wrong with this dude. I went outside. And, and uh, one of my in-laws uh, uh, married into the family, Oliver, he went out there with me. Now, either both of us ain't wrapped too tight. <laughs> uh, we got faith. Well, I don't know if he was a Christian or not, but he went out there with me. And I prayed the whole time rebuking the storm. And it tore up every neighborhood itself, all the whole neighborhood itself for where we were. And my uncle Danny, he was looking out the back door. He saw it. And he told me later, a few days later, he said, I don't care what nobody say. Your prayer, he said, I watch you. Your prayer stopped that thing from coming to this house. And God spared us. But I also prayed over the whole neighborhood. I said, God don't let a single person die. And that whole neighborhood was tore up and not a single person died. Now, am I, am I more special than you? I don't think so. What I think is I just dared to believe the word. You see what I'm saying? I just believe the word. And anybody who would believe the word, God would do for them what he'll do for anybody in the word, in, written in the scriptures. I just believe that I had authority over, over, over that tornado. I believe that the Lord loved me and that he didn't want me to die in a tornado. I believe that we couldn't get away from it unless I did do something drastic like that, that all of us were going to be dead, or at least some of us. So I just said, man, I'm going to go out here and stand out here and pray against the storm and pray over the neighborhood. And God hearkened unto my words. I watched the news. Nobody died, but you should have saw it was tore up. It, the whole neighborhood was tore up. Some of you live in Mobile, you remember. I hope it wasn't one of y'all houses, but it didn't touch my aunt house. It was right over there by Mobile Infirmary in that neighborhood adjacent to that. It's a true story. And so what I'm, why I'm saying this, well, God said that the heavens, even the heavens are the law, but the earth he given to the children of men. Uh, Psalms 149 and that verse 6, you are change agents, brothers and sisters. It said, let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand. Now, you have to understand, during the Old Covenant, they fought wars literally with a real two-edged sword. In the New Covenant, it teaches that the two-edged sword is actually the Word of God. See, the Word of God is stronger than the two-edged sword. It's more strength. It's stronger than that two-edged sword. So it said, let high praises of God be in their mouth. That's what I was telling you yesterday. You give thanksgiving and you praise. High praises. Put it in your mouth. Praise ye the Lord. And a two-edged sword in their hand. In the old covenant, the two-edged sword was in their hand. In the new covenant, the Bible is in our hand. Or our, our cell phones or whatever we read in the scriptures from. But we're going to have to put that word in our mouth and release it. Now, why did God do this? To execute vengeance upon the heathen and punishments upon the people. Who do this? Me and you. God don't do it. People are like, well, I'm waiting on the Lord. I hear people say, well, the Lord got it. He don't. Well, the Lord ain't going to let. He will. Well, the Lord got it. The Lord ain't going to let this. He, he don't have it, and he will let it. Why? Because he have made you the ambassador. He, he would do it when you say it can't happen. When you say it's going to happen or can't happen, that's when the Lord gets involved. He don't get involved independent of you. He don't, people can't even get saved unless they agree to it.
They can agree to be a spiritualist or a Muslim or whatever they want to be. They, they can be what you could do. You could be a Buddhist. You could be a Muslim. You could be a spiritualist, agnostic. You could be whatever you want to be because God don't make you do anything. He, it's, this thing is voluntary. Just like he don't get in the affairs of men. He say, well, it is the murder capital of the world, and it'll stay that way until somebody pray. Well, they got this in that city, that, and they're going to stay that way until somebody pray. But why God allowed? God didn't allow nothing. You allowed it. You allowed it. See, because he said, let the high praise of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand to execute vengeance upon the heathen and punishments upon the people. That's what Elijah was doing when he shut the heavens. And he was blessing when he opened the rain back up. Why? Verse 8, to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with feathers of iron. Now, you can't bind righteous kings. Balaam came and tried to bind Israel. God said, no, sir. No, sir, read Bob. No, sir, read Balaam. But you, if people walking in disobedience and wickedness, if it's wickedness in your neighborhood, wickedness in your city, wickedness in your country, you have the ability to change that because you are a change agent. And, it, and you are a change agent according to the scriptures. You have the ability to bind. That's why I say I bind every Illuminati prince, every witchcraft worker, every spirit of witchcraft that's operating my neighborhood. You be bound in the name of Jesus. I have that authority. To Verse 9, Psalms 149 and 9, to execute upon them the judgment written. Dishonor have all his saints. Praise ye the Lord. And uh, in Joshua, the, the 10th chapter, and at the 12th verse, then spake Joshua to the Lord in that day when the Lord delivered up the Amorites before the children of Israel. And he said in the sight of Israel, Son, stand thou still upon Gibeon and thou moon in the valley of Agilon. And the sun stood still and the moon stayed until the people had avenged themselves upon their enemies. Brothers and sisters, what I'm trying to tell you is God has given you authority. You have failed to exercise it, but he's ex exhorting you this week. Start exercising your authority. Have a great weekend. Be blessed.